Hey, thanks so much for joining us at our Red Rocks Church podcast. If you're new here, we're just a bunch of broken, messed up, imperfect people pursuing a perfect God. We hope that this message encourages your heart, builds your faith so that you can say yes to all of the plans and the purposes of God for your life. Enjoy this message. Red Rock Church, how we feeling? We are alive in the room today. Hey, let's take a second to welcome all of our Denver-based locations. Austin, Texas, Brussels, Belgium. Of course, all of our amazing men and women joining us at God Behind Bars. We love you. Come on. Y'all feel good today? You like the person you're sitting next to, even on the couch? If you gotta move to a different couch, that's okay. Hey, my name is Andrew Matrona. I'm one of the pastors on staff, and man, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to bring the Word of God to you today. Uh, I believe that God has given me a very specific word and a very timely word. Sometimes when you go to preach, you're just like, I'm just going to preach about this. But I feel like God gave me something really specific for our church this week, and so I'm believing that I have a word for you and hoping that you lean in. Um, anytime that, that, that I, I go to preach, I, I say this all the time, but every time I go to preach, I always try to get a specific person in mind or or I try to solve a certain certain problem or answer a certain question and the person I want to talk to today is a person who doesn't quite know or understand how to hear the voice of God or maybe you know how to hear the voice of God but you're just not hearing them right now or maybe you feel like you're hearing something but you're just not sure what on earth that you're hearing and you don't know how to discern is this God or not and so I want to preach today from one of the most famous stories in the Bible that I think revolves around us hearing and discerning the voice of God. And it's found in 1 Samuel chapter 3. And you can stay stand with me. If you're at the campus and you, you sat down, it's okay, I forgive you. But if you're still standing, I love you. I appreciate you. I'm reading from 1 Samuel chapter 3. And this story is about this, this young boy. He's 12 years old and his name is Samuel. And it's his first encounter hearing the voice of God. And here's how it goes. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. It says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go and lie down. Now Samuel did not, ne- did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Circle that if you're taking notes. The third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am! You called me! Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went down and laid down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Today I have a simple title of this message, 
And the title of this message is God Still Speaks. God Still Speaks. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you so much for this moment, Lord. Anytime that we enter into your presence, God, we just have an opportunity for life change. Uh, Lord, I just believe that there's someone here today, Lord, that's going to hear your voice for the very first time. I believe there's, there's going to be someone in here today who is encouraged by your voice, that hasn't heard your voice in a while. Lord, I pray that you'd give us attentive ears and hearts, Lord. God, we love you. We trust you. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Hey, hug someone's neck on your way down. Tell them you love them. Tell them they look good. Question for you. When was the last time you felt like you heard God speak? When was the last time you felt like you heard God speak? Maybe not like the, the audible voice, but when was the last time you heard God speak? Like you just knew in your heart deep down like God was speaking to you. Like it, it, it was in your soul. Like you felt like God was speaking. When was the last time that you felt God speaking? What's funny is I feel like most people, when they hear the phrase hearing God's voice, it kind of makes you pause for a moment because you're like, I don't know, hearing God's voice, that, that kind of seems like this heavenly ethereal concept that's only reserved for the most righteous of people, right? Like hearing God's voice, I don't know. He's God, I'm not, right? He's perfect, I'm not. Like he created the universe, put the stars in the sky and created animals, and I forgot to put my deodorant on this morning. Like there seems like this large gap between God that it seems like it would be a pretty difficult thing for me to attain to actually hear the voice of God. But I think the thing is that we can oftentimes tend to over-spiritualize the voice of God, right? Because the reality is, is that if you are a believer in Christ, not only can you hear the voice of God, but also you can discern the voice of God for yourself. And listen, I believe that hearing and discerning the voice of God is one of the most powerful and profound and important aspects of a believer. That it's crucial that you understand how to hear the voice of God. And listen, let me tell you. Not only is God speaking to you, but God wants you to hear him. Think about it for them. God is not just speaking. He's like, I actually want my sons, my daughters, my children. I want them to hear my voice. Amen. So I recently became uh, the coach of the soccer squad, the Dynamos. And I know that sounds really cool to you. It's my son's five and six year old soccer team. And this is the second year in a row I've been suckered into being my son's soccer coach. And I don't look like a soccer player, okay? And I'm not. I, I was horrible at soccer. I pushed people a lot, so I wasn't able to play for very long. And, and so I, I don't know how to play soccer. I'm not very good. I don't know what drills to take a five- and six-year-old to make them a better soccer player. Like, please, come on. And so the first practice, we show up, me and my son, and we're late, of course. We weren't yelling in the car at each other. It's fine. But I get there, and I go to sign in. It's like some 15-year-old kid who won't look me in the eyes. He just hands me a bag, and he's like, this is your equipment. I'm like, okay. And there's two soccer balls and some, uh, some cones in there. I'm like, okay, what on earth am I supposed to do with this? Like, it's like they handed me a newborn child. Like, go home. Good luck. Have fun. So we go there, and all the parents are waiting on the sideline with their children, and we're showing up late, and these parents start introducing themselves to me. Like, here's my child. They're like, this is Coach Andrew. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm Coach Andrew. And so I had them all come on the field. And I'm trying to be like the fun, like energetic coach and the dad that's like loves the sports. Like, come on, kids, come on in here. And they're all like, I'm like, get in a circle. And I don't know what it is, but five and six-year-olds for the life of them cannot get in a circle. It, if I have one goal for them, it's to teach them how to get in a stinking circle. So 
they're, they're surrounding me, corralling me, like all over my space. I'm like, all right. I'm like, we got two rules. Okay, no, we got three rules. All right, here we go. First rule is work hard, okay? Can, can you guys work hard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like trying to think of what, what's, what's another rule. And I'm like, I'm like, okay. I'm like, listen well. Can you guys listen to coach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and the third rule is have fun. Like, okay, we, we can do it. So every practice in every game, we, we talk about these rules. And I get, I get them in there, and, and, and we have this horrible amoeba of a circle. And, and, and I'm like, all right, guys, what's rule number one? Have fun. No, Lucas, it is not have fun. It's not rule number one. What is rule number one? Work hard, listen well, and have fun. So they're getting pretty good at, the, uh, at two of the rules. They're pretty good at uh, working hard, even though they run in different directions. They run hard. And, uh, and having fun. They, ha- they have fun. But the one thing they have a really difficult time with is listening well. Now, they, they hear me. I know they hear me. But actively listening is a very different thing. Listening and listening with intent is a little bit different. And, and I was thinking, about, why are they horrible at listening? And they're horrible at listening because they're extremely distracted. Uh, they're the most distracted human beings on the planet. Like, they're distracted by the other games going on. They're distracted by their parents. They're distracted by their, their need for a drink of water every 30 seconds. Butterflies, whatever it might be. So last game, our team, we steal the ball. Eh, steal. The ball is wandering in one of our kids. And they're... They, they, they start taking the ball down the field, and I'm running like, yeah, come on, come on. I, I look like Cristiano Ronaldo running out there, minus the hairline and the six-pack. I, I, I look like Cristiano Ronaldo running out, and, and I'm like, where's, where's my son? And I'm like, he's supposed to be out here. And I look back, and my son is at the other goal, picking his nose. <laughs> Dear Lord, the coach's son, knuckle deep in his nose. Okay, this is great. <laughs> Their biggest competitor to... Not only hearing me, but listening is distractions. And can I tell you that one of our biggest competitors, not only hearing, but listening to God's voice is distractions. Being distracted is that you're unable to concentrate on the thing that's most important because your mind is preoccupied. How many of y'all know that our minds are constantly preoccupied? I read an article this week. Uh, that talked about how Gen Z and millennials are the most distracted generation to ever walk this planet. All the older generations like, yeah, you tell them, son. You tell them, tell them to get those smartphones away. They're always on their phone. Okay, hate to burst your bubble, newsflash, that's all of us in 2021. I don't care if you're five or 85, okay? We are all distracted. Our minds are all preoccupied. Did you know that the average attention span of an American is eight seconds? Come on, yo, practice eye contact with me. Come on. One, two, three, four, five, six. Bro, you, you, he, 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 he took his eyes off me within six seconds. See, I told you. There's this marketing agency that's trying to figure out how to make commercials in two seconds because we're all like squirrel, 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 squirrels. It's, it's constant. It's, it's never ending. Between our phones and push notifications and social media, news, podcasts, people's constant and available access to us, there's more noise infiltrating our minds and our souls. There are more things preoccupying, distracting us more than ever before. And now I might be going out of a limb here, but could it be possible that all the noise that we're allowing to infiltrate our minds and our souls, could it be possible that it might just be getting in the way of the voice of God? Maybe, just maybe. Listen, can I tell you some things about God? Maybe you don't know much about God. 
That the God that we serve, that we come here to worship, the God that we read about, the God that we give glory and honor to, he's a loving God. He's a compassionate God. He's a gracious God. He's a kind God. He's a patient God. But can I also tell you that the God we serve is a jealous God? That the God we serve is jealous for our affection, that he is jealous for our attention. Listen, you always will have God's attention. God's ear is always attuned to his children, but God will not force yours, okay? You always will have God's attention, but God will not force your attention. See, I believe with all of my heart that God is constantly speaking to us, that God's constantly speaking to us about our lives and our future our calling, our sin patterns, our relationships. But if we're not quieting the noise and posturing ourselves to listen with intent, we'll miss his voice. And what we'll do is we'll assume that he's just silent or that he's distant or that he's uninterested when the reality is we have not put ourselves in a place to actually clearly be able to discern the voice of God. So the question is like, how do I, how do I hear God's voice then? How do I actually know that it's God speaking? I believe the story that I read earlier about Samuel, I think can really resonate or speak to anybody who you find yourself in this place of like, I think God's speaking. I'm not really sure. Um, I want to hear God speak. I need to hear God speak, but I'm not really sure. So Samuel, he's a great character. He's a major character in the Old Testament of the redemptive story of God. Now, now you probably mostly have heard of Samuel because he he put uh, King Saul in place and then he anointed David, uh, the next king of Israel, to replace Saul. Like He he plays a pretty big role when you're reading the New Testament, the redemptive story of God's people. But before he was born, his story starts. See, Samuel was, was a miracle child. And if you go back to 1 Samuel chapter 1, you'll meet Samuel's mother, Hannah. Now, Hannah was unable to conceive children. And she was in deep anguish because she could not conceive children. But her and her husband once a year would travel to the city called Shiloh where the tabernacle was. Now the tabernacle, in the tabernacle there was the Ark of God, the Ark of the Covenant. Okay, and the Ark of God was where God's presence dwelled. Okay, so in the Old Testament, God's presence dwelled in a place. Now, if you fast forward to the New Testament, because of what Jesus did, if we put our faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit now resides in us. So everywhere you are, if you are a believer, the Holy Spirit goes with you, okay? But in the Old Testament, it was with the Ark of the Covenant. So you have the tabernacle in Shiloh. In the tabernacle is the Ark of the Covenant. And then the person who oversees the tabernacle is this priest named Eli. That's important. And so this one particular time, it says that Hannah... She travels to the tabernacle, and in her deep anguish, it says that she cries out to God and pleads with God and says, if you give me a child, I promise to give him back to you for all the days of his life. And so she leaves. God performs a miracle. She gets pregnant. She has a child, names him Samuel, which Samuel's name means God has heard, gives her a child. And it says that she weans the child, and when the child turns 12 years old, she puts up her side of the promise, and she takes Samuel and travels back to the city of Shiloh and places him in the tabernacle to work for God under the leadership of Eli, okay? So now you have Samuel, this 12-year-old boy, had never really been to the tabernacle, had never really had this kind of engagement, and all of a sudden now he is working for God under the leadership of Eli, And now he's performing certain duties like he's cleaning the tabernacle. He's not a priest at this point. So he's attending to the needs of the priest Eli. So this is where we find him. And our first real interaction with Samuel is this specific moment. And so we find Samuel this one night. It says that he's lying there in the tabernacle where the Ark of the Covenant was. 
is said that the Lord called Samuel. Samuel obviously hears a voice, an audible voice, and he says, here I am. And he looks around, there's nobody. So it says that he goes to Eli, says, Eli, here I am, you called me. And Eli's like, son, I didn't call you, go back to bed. So Samuel, he's walking back, he lays down, he's looking up, and he's like, I don't know, it might be the pizza or sushi, I don't know, but I, I know I heard something. And so all of a sudden, God calls him again, says, Samuel, this time with an exclamation point in the Bible, so it's a little louder. Samuel hears something, he says, here I am. And he starts to look around and no one's there. And so it says that Samuel goes back to Eli. He's like, hey, uh, Eli, here I am. You called me. He's like, son, get your butt back to bed, okay? And so Samuel, it says that he goes back to his place. But this powerful scripture right here, after the second time God calls him, it's 1 Samuel 3, 7. It says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Okay, so... Samuel knew of God. He knew the rituals of God. He knew the rituals of the tabernacle, but he did not know God. How many of y'all know there's a difference between knowing of God and knowing God, right? We got a lot of people who think that knowing God is the same as just knowing of God. It's very, very different. He knew of God, but he did not know God. Samuel could not yet discern the voice of God, and so what he did, he kept going to somebody else. Can I, can I push a couple buttons here? Because I think this is important. You know what I see a lot of in our church culture today is I see a lot of believers who aren't themselves well acquainted with the voice of God. And so instead of fighting to hear God for themselves, they seek understanding to life's biggest questions from everybody else around them. We have a generation of believers who are more acquainted with the opinion of someone else than the actual voice of God. Listen, we live in a culture that's so saturated with, with blogs and, and podcasts and, and sermon clips on, on YouTube. Like literally, all you have to do is just type in the search engine, the thing that you're going through or the thing that you have a question to. And all of a sudden, in one second, you have 10,000 auto-generated responses of someone else's opinions. And then what we do is we kind of pick the one that best suits us. And then, then we say, oh, that one works for me. And then we mark it as God's final word for my life. Listen, I'm not saying that engaging with, with other content and, and sermons and the pastors that you like and following them on Instagram and, and engaging, I'm not saying those things are bad, but I heard a, a famous pastor, Charles Swindoll, I read a book a couple weeks ago called Searching the Scriptures, and he said this, if you don't know how to prepare your own meal, you'll just eat someone else's food. We have a young generation of people coming up in the church who don't know how to prepare their own meal when it comes to their relationship with God. Listen, in other words, if you don't know how to hear and discern the voice of God for yourself, you'll always be looking to someone else to speak on God's behalf. Listen, I, I believe that God uses pastors. I hope so, or else I don't have very good job security. I believe that God uses pastors and speakers and authors and, and life coaches and counselors. Like God has spoken to me through so many people. I believe that God uses those people. But listen, if, if you're putting all your hope in somebody else to deliver a word from God for you, you'll always find yourself wandering and missing God's voice. Listen, your spiritual depth is just that. It's your spiritual depth. It's your journey. It's your responsibility. Listen, don't let this offend you. Let this free you. That you can hear God's voice. Amen. You can hear God's voice. I, I, I feel like there's a, an 8, 9, 10, 11 year old listening. Can I tell you, young child, that you can hear the voice of God. 
that God still speaks to you, that you can discern the voice of God. I heard God's voice when I was six years old. And I responded to God, and my life was never the same. My wife heard the call of God on her life when she was nine years old to full-time vocational ministry. And all these years later, she's still in full-time ministry. Listen, you can hear the voice of God. If you never heard another message in your life through the Word of God and through the Holy Spirit which resides in you, God will still speak. Amen? God still speaks. God uses other people, but God wants to speak to, your, to you about your life. So Samuel knew that God could speak, but he hadn't experienced him yet for himself. So it says that God calls again. This is the third time. It says, Samuel, another exclamation point. Calls Samuel a third time. One, two, three, and it seems like God's voice is, is beginning to increase. He's trying to get his attention you know what I love about God is that, that God repeats things, is that God, God will say things over and over and over and over again until he gets our attention. Rarely does God just speak once. Often, here's how it works. God will prompt you, and then he'll nudge you and nudge you and nudge you and nudge you, and you'll feel like this tension in your heart. You ever felt that before? Like, you, you, you feel like this prompting, whether it's you, something you read Somebody said something like you, you felt like God was, was prompting you. And then all of a sudden, like you heard in the sermon that week. And then you heard your friend talking about it. I was, I was just thinking that. Or like you see it on a billboard or like even in a secular song or a movie or something. It's like God repeats himself because God cares. Remember, God wants you to hear his voice. And so he'll prompt you. He'll nudge you. He'll push you. He's trying to get your attention because God wants, you, wants to speak to you. And he wants you to hear him. And so the, the story continues where Samuel hears God's voice the third time. And then he goes to Eli. He's like, all right, Eli, um, I know you're getting old, but I think you're talking in your sleep. And it's kind of freaking me out. Like, I think you're saying something. And, and Eli has this moment because Eli knows the voice of God. Eli has experienced the voice of God. He's heard the voice of God for much, many years of his life. And so Eli, in this moment, begins to discern that, ooh, I think God's speaking to this young child. And so Eli has this moment where he gives Samuel these instructions now of, okay, if this happens again, I think this is God speaking to you. If this happens again, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to, to, to put, where I want you to put yourself. And so Samuel says this in, in verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 9, says, all right, Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Three, three thoughts I want to pull out from this, this one line. Three things that I, I believe that Samuel, or Eli, tells Samuel to do. Hey, next time you hear the voice of God, here's what I want you to do. Here's the three things I want to talk about today. When it comes to hearing the voice of God, there's, there's three things that I, I believe that we should do. That there's power in your position, there's power in your proximity, and there's power in your posture. There's power in your position, power in your proximity, and power in your posture. Okay, and we're, we're going to bust through each one of these. First one, there's power in your position. You know what's so uh, profound about Eli telling Samuel to go lay back down in his place? Think about this for a moment. Where he told Samuel to go lie was his place of rest. But think about this. His place of rest was next to the Ark of the Covenant which the Ark of the Covenant was God's presence. 
So Eli is telling him, hey, in this moment to hear from God, you must position yourself in a place of rest in the presence of God. Listen, that, that Samuel's greatest revelation from God came in a moment, in a position of rest in the presence of God. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you positioned yourself in a place of rest in the presence of God? Be honest with yourself. I know you're in church, but you can physically be here, but not mentally or spiritually be here. Okay, when was the last time you positioned yourself in a place of rest? Like, when was the last time you, you stopped and you eliminated some of the distractions and, and you positioned your, your body, your mind, your heart, and your soul to hear from God? Listen, you know what we do all the time. We all do this. But we will wrestle and wrestle and wrestle through decisions or certain struggles. We'll talk to everybody else. We'll talk to the life coach or the counselor or our friend without actually positioning ourselves in a place to let the one who actually knows us speak to our current situation. Can I tell you something? There is power in your position. We read this all throughout the Psalms. That David talks about this in Psalm chapter 40, verse 1. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord. Another version says, I waited expectedly, and the result of that was he turned to me and he heard my cry. He positioned himself in a place of patience and rest and trust, and God spoke. Listen, can I, can I tell you that, that God can speak to you anytime and anywhere, okay, that God is, is all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent, like God can speak to you anytime, anywhere. You could be at a concert at Red Rocks where there's marijuana smoke everywhere, okay, and God can still speak to you. Like you could be in the most traumatic of situations and God can speak to you. You can be in your deepest moment of sin and God can still speak to you. But I know that I know and I just believe that, that sometimes the greatest times of clarity and revelation are when we stop and we position ourselves in a place of rest and say, God, I'm ready to hear what it is that you have to say to me. I, I asked a bunch of staff this week to, to let me know, like, hey, I know that you can hear from God anywhere, but where, where do you feel like you, you go and, and you find, like, every time I go here, it just seems like God just speaks. Like, when I, when I just know, like, I, I'm, I'm, I feel lost, I can feel confused, I feel far from God. Like, where's the place for you that you just kind of go to find some rest in God's presence? Someone said, my green chair in my living room. It was you down there. That's fine. I won't, I won't give your name. Uh, I, someone told me it's, it's when I'm on a run, when I'm working out. I had, there was a mom who told me it's whenever I put my kids away and I go into my closet and I turn the light off and I sit in the place where no one can find me. That's, that's where I hear God's voice most. Another person said it's when I garden. Another person said it's when I shower. You know, I'm not here to judge. You, you do you, however God wants to speak to you. But what I loved about everything, I, I, I said, okay, well, why, why is that for you? And everybody in a roundabout way was like, well, that's just where my mind and my soul seems to be at rest. There's something about when we position our, ourselves in a place of rest in the presence of God where we just have some like clarity and some revelation. So I want to ask you, like, where, where is that place for you? And have you been there in a while? Where, where, where is that place for you? Where it's just like, man, I, I feel like, or, or maybe when was the last time, where was the last place you heard from God? Can you go back to that place? I, I just want to encourage you. Can, can we do one thing this week? We'll all do this together. One time this week for 30 minutes. And you're like, I'm too busy. No, you're not. You're fine, okay? There's 24 hours a day. You can get up at 3.30 in the morning if you have to. You got, there's time, okay? 30 minutes, where's that place where you just know there's some soul rest where you can enter in the presence of God and give God an opportunity to speak, amen? Let's, 
Let's do this thing. It's important. There's power in your position. And then secondly, there's power in your proximity. Okay. So his position was a place of rest, Samuel, but he had proximity next to the presence of God. Okay. I, I called a friend this week. He's a mentor of mine. And I, I was telling him about the sermon and I'm like, any thoughts you got? And he reminded me of this scene in Monty Python, the Holy Grail. Stupid movie. I think the last time I saw it, uh, it was like 10 years ago on Film of the Rocks at Red Rock. It was so dumb. Um, but there's this scene. It's, it's, it's hilarious. And uh, Jesus is on this rock and he's speaking. He's, he's preaching the Sermon on the Mount. Some of, you're, not, you're not in your head. He loves the movie. I love it. You already know what I'm going to say. And, and so he's preaching and, and it starts to like pan. You can hear him very clearly. And then the camera starts to pan out and and you see like hundreds and thousands of people. And the more that the camera pans out, uh, the, the harder it is to hear Jesus' voice. And it gets all the way to the back. And it's like hundreds and thousands of people all the way back in the Monty Python crews in the back. And they're arguing with each other. And they're like, I can't hear anything he's saying. What's he saying out there? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with it. All right, forget you. I'm not Doug. All right, Simba, whatever. Right? Good for you, Doug. Good for you. You're a better storyteller, but I can beat you up. All right. (laughs) I can't hear anything he's saying. Hey, shut up over there. What did he just say? And a guy turns around and says, he said, blessed are the cheesemakers. And somebody says, cheesemakers? What's so good about cheesemakers? He actually said, blessed are the peacemakers. Okay. But listen, where we're standing when God is speaking will determine what we hear. Okay. Your, your, Your proximity, it matters. Your proximity to God matters. And, and I think our human nature is to see how far I can wander and still have access to God's voice. Oh, come on. We're all like that. How far can I go? How much can I stay away from church or not have to engage with the word of God? How, how far can I go but still have access to his voice whenever I want to hear his voice? Can I tell you something that God can always hear you? Come on, God can always hear you. No matter how far you stray, no matter how much you're hurting, no matter how much your uh, belief system may wander, no matter how much uh, your sin patterns might be increasing in your life, God can always hear you. But I just gotta believe that when it comes to hearing God's voice, proximity, it matters. Jesus talked about this in, in John 15. He said, abide in me, remain in me, and I will abide and remain in you. That the closest matters. James 4, 8 says, draw close to me and I'll draw close to you. Being close to me means that you're going to experience the fruits of my spirit more. You're going to hear my voice more. You're going to be more connected to me. And so I think the question for a, a lot of people is, well, how do I have close proximity with God? Let me tell you, you don't have to wander very far, okay? Because if you're a believer, the Holy Spirit already resides in you. So you can just be like, Oh, nice. I'm, I'm, I'm right here. But, but, but there's, there's things that we can do, I think, to access that, that proximity, to access his voice a little bit different, um, like through things like prayer or fasting or worship. But I believe the greatest way that we can have proximity with God is through the word of God. Did you know that this particular time in Samuel's life, from what we can see, was the only time that God spoke to him audibly? Okay. Watch this. Every other time that God spoke to Samuel, it says that God revealed himself through his word. 
So he had this one moment, heard the audible voice of God, but every other time that God revealed himself, it was through the word of God. Listen, as Christians, we believe that this is the inspired word of God, that it's God-breathed, that, that God uses this word to communicate, to connect, to encourage, to inspire his people. Can I tell you that the word of God, uh, it, it guides us, it defends us, it protects us, it empowers us. Psalm 119 says, it is a lamp unto my feet. Listen, Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Listen, in other words, you don't just read the Bible, but the Bible, it actually reads you. Okay, God, God takes in account of, of your whole situation, of your life background, of your experiences, of your sin struggles, of your personality, and then God uses the word of God to speak directly to your heart. That's why you and I can read the same passage, but God will speak two completely different things because God is, is judging and discerning the thoughts of our heart, and he's speaking directly to our situation. Listen, can I tell you that if you not, are not engaging with the word of God, you are missing the greatest opportunity that you have to hear the voice of God for your situation, for your life. Listen, I believe that you could be reading in Leviticus, all right, and God could still speak to you about your current situation. God will use any passage, any scripture at any point because all God is saying, hey, look, just open up the word of God and my voice will speak any way that I deem worthy in that moment, amen? Ben, you can come on up. There's power in your position. There's power in your proximity, and then there's power in your posture. Everyone say posture. I should have had you do that for all three of them. Should we go back? There's power in your position, power in your proximity, and then there's power in your posture. So he has this moment where he goes to Eli after the third time, and as we read and we saw, Eli gives him instructions. Okay, go, go lie back down. And this is what I want you to say from God next time you hear his voice. If God speaks again, here's what I want you to say. So it says that Samuel, he goes and he lies back down. You can imagine at this point, he's like waiting with some like deep anticipation of, okay, I think that, I think that God's going to speak. And I think I have some tools to, to hear what he's actually trying to say to me now. And so he goes and lays back down. I imagine he can't sleep because he just knows that God's about to speak. And then all of a sudden, God speaks again. He says, Samuel, Samuel, exclamation on both. And Samuel, instead of saying, here I am, or running to Eli, this time Samuel says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. What's the posture of Samuel in this moment? The posture that Samuel took before the Lord is, I believe, one of the most powerful, God-honoring, glorifying postures that we can take before God. And it was a posture of humility. Samuel's posture before the Lord was a posture of humility. Of, okay, God, I've heard you, and now I'm listening. God, you have my full attention. Basically, what he was saying was, your servant is listening. He was saying, you're a master. I'm servant. I'm here to fulfill your purposes and bring glory to your name. Your God, I'm not. 
You have authority in my life. You have power in my life. You have dominion in my life. God, the floor is yours. Speak, Lord, for your servant is now listening. What I, what I love is that God actually speaks to Samuel in this moment. And what God calls Samuel to, the next thing that God calls him to was actually a difficult calling. It was actually a a calling of transition. Samuel put himself in a place to hear from God and the thing that God called him to was actually something difficult. It was was something of transition, but I, I want you to see something here. That Samuel answered the call that God had for his life. But if you go back to chapter 3, verse 1, it says, before this all happened, it says, the word of the Lord was rare. Samuel has this interaction with God. He puts himself in a place to hear. God speaks. He listens. He responds. And then in chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Samuel's word came to all of Israel. Watch this. Because of Samuel's obedience and putting himself in a place to hear God, the word which was once rare, God now spoke through to Samuel on behalf of the whole nation of Israel. When he made himself available, the word of God became abundant. Come on, listen. When when you make yourself available, the word of God will become abundant in your life. How many of y'all have seen this before? If you're a seasoned Christian, you've experienced God much in your life, that that, that when you make yourself available, when you say, God, speak, I'm ready to hear. God, speak. And and not only just say, God, speak, I'm ready to hear, but then, God, I'm going to be obedient to the thing that you call me to. How often does the word of God, he just begins to speak and speak, that when you make yourself available, the word of God becomes abundant to anybody who desires it. What's interesting, though, is that God had called Samuel three other times, but just called them by name. But the fourth time, God not only calls Samuel by name, but he speaks to his purpose. He speaks to his destiny. He speaks to his season of life. Why on the fourth time did God speak beyond just his name? Because Samuel positioned himself and postured his heart. Lord, speak now for your servant is listening his available his availability created accessibility for God to speak in his life listen there is something so profound and powerful when we need to hear the voice of God and we posture ourselves in a place of God I'm ready to hear what you have to say regardless of what it is God you have my attention now God, I'm sitting here, I'm posturing my heart in a place of humility listen the scripture says that God opposes the proud but he brings favor to the humble. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and in due time, he'll raise you up. God humbles those who exalt themselves, but exalts those who humble themselves. There is something about when we come into interaction with Christ and we, we humble our hearts and our souls before his throne, amen? Listen, sometimes I don't think that we hear from God because we're not ready or willing to hear what he has to say. Some of y'all know exactly what God's about to say. That's why you have not positioned yourself of rest in his presence and said, God, I'm ready to hear whatever you have to say. Listen, the things that God calls us to aren't always going to be easy. They might be transitional. They might be difficult. But everything that God calls us to is ultimately for his glory and ultimately to push you further down the path that he had placed before you, before you in your mother's room. Amen. Jesus said, 
in John 10, 27, that my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Can I tell you that Jesus also says that I am the good shepherd, that your God wants good things for you, that your God wants that John 10, 10 life to the fullest and abundant life for you that to bring you more than you can ever dream of or imagine. So know that when God wants to speak to you, it's ultimately to get you to that place. He's your good shepherd. He loves you and he wants what's best for your life. So my question for you is, what do you feel like God is speaking to you right now? What's the thing that you feel like God has been prompting you and nudging you? And maybe what's the thing that you've refused to face the word of God because you know what God is going to speak to your life? Can I encourage you as Eli encouraged Samuel that the next time God speaks, the next time you feel like you hear God speak or you want to, can I encourage you as Samuel did to Eli, or Eli did to Samuel, can I encourage you, go position yourself in a place of rest, try to eliminate distractions as much as you can, Get in his presence, have proximity, and then posture your heart. Say, God, whatever it is you want to say, I'm all ears. God, speak for your servant is listening. With heads bowed and eyes closed, let me pray for you. God, I, I thank you for this moment, Lord. I believe that you're speaking. Uh, I believe, Lord, that you have been speaking to people this entire week. Lord, I believe that there's people that are listening today, Lord, that you have been speaking their their life their entire life and they've just been missing it but lord all of a sudden they came in here and they just realized all those promptings all those things where it was you trying to reach their heart because you love them and you want what's best for them lord we thank you for your voice we thank you that you're a big god but you're not a distant god that you're a loving God, but Lord, I believe that you are jealous, Lord, for our affection and for our attention. Lord, I pray that we'd be a people of God who would hear your voice and respond to your voice. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I just wanna ask one question. You're in a room at one of our locations, God behind bars. You're across the sea in Brussels. You're listening online or have your AirPods in and You've never responded to the call of God, but you know that you've been wandering your entire life. And can I tell you that God has maybe taken all the good, the bad, the ugly, has intertwined and orchestrated it all to get you to this place where he now has your attention. You're in here, you don't have a relationship with God, but you say, you know what, today I wanna to answer his voice and respond to him and accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. If that's you at all of our locations online, would you please lift your hand? Amen. I see you. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Wow. God, thank you. God, we love you. We trust you. We ask all of your name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Red Rocks Church, if you want to stand to your feet, let's worship.